0: Hello and welcome to Dinosaur Man News and Reviews. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson.
1: And good news, we've ah. been nominated. Ooh. For a Critics' Choice Award.
0: Oh, nice. Yep. What? What award?
1: Best Ensemble.
0: <laughs> okay. Mm. But it's just two of us.
1: I guess that's the smallest ensemble. It takes
0: two to ensemble. That's the uh, same. If it's
1: one, it's just a solo artist. Two, I guess, is the smallest. It's the smallest gang you can get, but it's <laughs> also the smallest ensemble. So, so, we're up week? against yeah, yeah, that's Knives what Out.
0: Okay, that's a good ensemble. That's got a lot of people in it, though.
1: Yeah, but more room for weak links. It's true. Because like, there's only two of us. so and we'll neither of us are weak.
0: Wanna... Well,
1: uh, we're up <laughs> no. against Knives Out. We're up against um, The Rise of Skywalker. Okay, that's another good ensemble. Like,
0: good numbers, but once again... More weak links in there. We're up
1: against uh, Jumanj 3, Welcome to the no Jungle. No weak links. Or whatever it was called, next level. Uh, and finally, we're up against Maze Runner Scorch Trials.
0: <laughs> back again, having another shot at it.
1: I think they get nominated every year because they were that good.
0: They were like, one, one year, one hey, year, we'll man, stop doing Aiden it.
1: Aidan Gillen was great, and so was Thomas Brody Sangster, I think.
0: I want to say Dylan something.
1: Dylan, ah, yes, Dylan... Hang on, wasn't it the son from We're the Millers? No. Oh, no, that's... um, Will Poulter. Yeah, that's Will Poulter. Will Poulter's in The Maze Runners. Yeah, he's also in Meet the Millers or whatever. What Dylan are you thinking of? I don't know. Dylan... Robert Dylan. What's the name?
0: (laughs) Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. What's the main guy's call?
1: Thomas Brody Sangster. Okay, yeah, him. The kid from... um, No, actually, the drumming kid. Do you the remember thing is no okay. He plays drums, he's Liam Neeson's son.
0: This episode has just started with just a whole lot of just naming things and going, hmm. All right, <laughs> let's start then. Let's just get on with it.
1: If you don't want the audience to have fun, then that's fine. <laughs> How did we get nominated? Because obviously, they're all films because we got voted in by the critics. Yeah,
0: do we know what critics? Yeah, which ones?
1: The ones who've got taste, clearly, they're the ones who voted us in. Yeah, so when's the awards? Tomorrow? Oh no, we can't vote. Can it's the critics.
0: Go? Can we go? No.
1: No. No. You're at work. <laughs> oh, I'm at work. I'm at work. Oh no, we're both busy. Oh, it's in Shanghai.
0: I can get to Shanghai.
1: No, you can't. Oh,
0: not by tomorrow. The flights
1: have been cancelled.
0: Not all of them.
1: Yeah. hmm.
0: Then we g- looks like we're going to have to have a mm. little bit of a road trip.
1: We're not. We're not taking a boat.
0: Rat race it.
1: I know somebody with a helicopter.
0: Rat racing
1: it. Rat racing it doesn't work. Rat race proved that rat racing it just means you all get there at the same time anyway. Exactly. None but of them had At a the clear,
0: time that the only starts. None
1: of them had a clear run at uh, S- uh, Silver City. That's the problem. So,
0: yeah. So, okay, we'll let you know next week then, I guess, whether mm. or not...
1: No, we don't get to find out.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: If we if we win, then I guess that's cool. If we lose, we still won't know any, either way. So we'll just presume we won.
0: Yeah, well done, guys. So we thanks in
1: advance to all the critics who voted for us.
0: Award-winning Dinosaur Man podcast. Yeah,
1: it doesn't matter what the award is for. A lot of people say that they only come here for the uh, back and forth. No one really comes here for the reviews. No. Certainly they don't come here for the news. Um,
0: yes, they do. mm mm-hmm. The, the really? news hounds, like if you watch the news websites, they only start reporting on stuff we're reporting on, mm-hmm. only Is that after true? we've reported on yeah. it, like, no one else talks about it.
1: Not anything. the fact that I'm pulling things up from, they know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, it's horrible.
1: Pulling things up from the internet. Oh, okay. From Dexerto.com.
0: Well, shall we start? So, we are going to talk some movie reviews today. Yes, we are reviewing three films today. What, what are we reviewing, Alex? Bombshell,
1: which is out next week in the UK. Yes. Uncut Gems, which is out now in Ooh, cinemas in the UK, we'll and will be hitting Netflix on the 31st of January. Oh, it got
0: all the information. And
1: 1917, which is out now nationwide oh, in all the major God. chains, whereas neither of the other two are oh, at the moment.
0: wow. Great. I don't,
1: I don't like don't... that. I don't like whatever <laughs> that was. <laughs> And that
0: was, that I've, was my, my new character.
1: Okay. He's called... So is he like LA guy who doesn't even give a shit?
0: Uh, he's still around. Okay, remember please do
1: him again because I don't <laughs> think you remember the voice. Um, oh, hi, guys. Obviously, we're going to go to the news. Sorry, just sounds exactly like you. <laughs> but this guy was... What I didn't realise last week was you didn't bother doing an impression.
0: Um, this one was um, mm-hmm. sultry radio man who just really likes everything you say. Okay. Like, so that was him
1: uh, just my stuff yeah yeah hates everything I say like I'm talking he's like Ugh, no stop talking but he doesn't say it at the same time Ooh, as you no, start talking you
0: because talking,
1: yeah. mm. okay um, can we make that not a returning character
0: <laughs> why
1: do you have all the characters and I never get any of them <laughs> I mean because I put effort into my characters and you have sultry radio man yeah yeah, mine are celebrities. <laughs> that makes sense because you want to draw people in.
0: Um, so I think might come for Sultry radio, man.
1: Yeah, okay, they might. They might. They might. You can't say they won't. I mean, we'll give it till next week and see how much feedback we got <laughs> on that. Um, but obviously, before we get to those reviews, yeah, we also I'd also to- like to shout out to the fans for voting hashtag lye. Uh, and tweeting at us.
0: I saw no hashtags.
1: I know, but I booked the flight earlier today, so I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Leaving you behind. I'm not. To pick up the pieces.
0: Um, It's okay, I'll hold the fort here. There'll be one episode in March, which is just me talking to myself.
1: Well, we'll pre-record, it'll be fine. No. Yeah, Yeah. no, no, no. Not no. Just me. Yes. (laughs) Just me. Okay. It's
0: like... Hi, welcome to the Dice Man News Reviews. No, you know Randy, what? I'm Andy, I'm here with what? Andy.
1: Please do that instead, because I'd much rather listen to that than actually listen to something I've reviewed. <laughs> Give me something to listen to on the plane, i hmm, wow, I never knew that the podcast could be sadder than when I did the sidecast.
0: <laughs> it's the fact that I'm just doing all of it on my own, like almost exactly the same as it is. Yeah, but I, I know that it'll be five parts. minutes
1: long. No, no, no I don't it's still, think it'll be very it's still an hour long. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> Um, just
0: please insert nonsense here <laughs> um, before we get to those movie reviews though mm. we have to talk a little bit of movie news but before we get to movie news mm. we have to first go and have a little look at some gaming news Hey,
1: what's your favourite Lin Ramsey film uh, we need to talk about Blevins <laughs> Bracket Tyler <laughs> so Tyler Ninja Blevins has explained why he's not having fun on Fortnite at the moment oh no it's glitchy.
0: It is glitchy, Tyler.
1: Man. How do you know? How would you possibly know that?
0: <laughs> I went to the Fortnite World Champions. Okay. And this was of the best internet connection. You went to
1: the World Champions house. Yeah. Okay. And how is is no, the tournament. she, they, it? Hmm.
0: The tournament. The tournament. The, cha- cha- the World Champions.
1: Oh, the one that he didn't qualify for. Yeah, yeah. I went. yeah. Uh huh. That right. was months ago. I qualified. It's only just got glitchy and buggy now.
0: Yes, because they have a World Champions all every month. Okay. Every month like So something successful, how do you capitalize on that success? You you ring it out like a wet sponge. You go, "Okay, we'll have a World Champions every month." Yeah. And that's what they did. So there's World Champions in December. Mm-hmm. There's World Champions next week. I'm going there again.
1: Shouldn't it be the World Championships? The world champions implies that they are the people who are the champions, right? No,
0: no, it's called the world champions. I could tell somebody doesn't take part in these... But let's, let's hear what Blevins has to say. No, you I know, know, what, I you know think. what
1: I can't wait for is that episode in March where you have to do that, but I'm not here to shut you down? I know what I think. Okay, what do you think? It is glitchy. Okay, tell, give me a pull quote that I can use in an article.
0: Yo, this Fortnite is glitchy.
1: Okay, great. Thanks for your input. <laughs> I don't think that the newspapers will be bothering to contact you anytime soon for your quotes. <laughs> but why is Tyler Yo, saying, "Yo, this Fortnite is glitchy"? Mm-hmm. Um, so Tyler Ninja Blevins has said, uh, "Bro, why is my game freezing, dude? I'm freaking out right now. Fortnite is falling apart. Devs have gone. They haven't updated their game once, apparently." The game just deteriorates when there aren't any updates. Bro, I'm getting game lag. Freezes, dude. Getting FPS drops all the time now. Like, mm-hmm. come home, Epic. Update the game or send half your guys back. hmm And then, further issues. I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun. Wow. Well, Lot of fun, man. Add mobility to this game, please.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, your in-depth
1: comment. We are
0: we are so in sync in our thoughts. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's a shame because obviously, a b- big fan of Fortnite.
1: Yeah, you, you love it. Yeah. You know like, about the FPS drops.
0: Like, I can't shoot anyone anymore. No? No, I could never do that because I have no hand-eye coordination. Okay. But I still can't. Okay. And cool. that's a problem. Yeah. Can't build. Yeah. Because I was not playing Minecraft. Yeah.
1: But you can build stuff in uh, Fortnite. No, I can't. You can. No, no, I've tried.
0: I can't. I don't know what it all means. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's bad. Okay. But I can do the dances, and that's all that's important.
1: They're called emotes, I think. Eh, The dances. Okay. Do you want to talk about other things now instead?
0: Do you want to talk about other things? Do you look yeah, like should you we do? talk about other news instead of this? <laughs> you it's you not look, interesting. You look like you don't want to talk about this anymore. Mm-mm,
1: I didn't want to talk about it in the first you place. You feel like this is... I owe la- some debt to the audience You feel this reason.
0: is lagging the podcast. And yeah. now you know how me and Tyler felt when Forknife was lagging.
1: Okay. All right, we're going to continue. Mm-hmm. Are okay. We? Are we? Yeah.
0: Cool. Good idea, man. Good idea.
1: I don't like that. Yeah. You need to stop. <laughs> Uh, So the Golden Globes happened last week. Mm -hmm. Um, So edgy, so edgy, Ricky. Oh, sorry, sorry, (laughs) Mr. Gervais, you're so edgy. Richard Gervais, you're so edgy. Ah, cut cut me, cutting me with your edge. Ouch! Golden Globes happened last week. It's like when you pick up a Rubik's cube by the corner. (laughs) Ouch! So edgy. Um, Some surprises, (laughs) some (laughs) not surprises. And none of it really makes any difference anyway, because it's it's basically not a real barometer for how the Academy Awards are going to go, but Mm. we'll see. Um, So, Best Motion Picture Drama was won by 1917, which we're reviewing this week, Mm. uh, which seemed to upset the apple cart in terms of Marriage Story and the Irishman being overlooked. And the Joker. Um, uh, Yeah, Joker also. Uh, Best motion Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because, of course... Because it's it's so comedic and it's so musical and fun. It's just it's just a great time at the cinema with your great Should friends. Should
0: have been for Rocketman.
1: So Rocketman was also nominated in that category along with Knives Out, Jojo Rabbit, and Dona is my name. None of those seem to be hitting the stride at the moment, yeah. but we'll see. Um but there was good news for Rocketman. Taryn mm-hmm. Edgerton uh won best actor in a musical or comedy good, um, and has sort of opened up the race for him to potentially be included in the nominations for Best Actor at the Academy Awards, which will be announced tomorrow Mm -hmm. uh, on day of release, that is, so Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, So we will see. I have no idea if that will come to pass. I think he's got a pretty strong... I think he might be the maybe the fifth spot.
0: Yeah, it will be one of those where I don't think he's uh, shooing. No. But he could be there.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other stuff sort of went the way that everyone was expecting. René Zellweger won for Zellweger. You just said Zellweger. <laughs> Zellweger.
0: Zellweger. (laughs) It's when she she had her DNA spliced with a golf club. The Renée Zellweger. Thank you. Okay. I'm here once a week.
1: Yep, and I'm trying to get rid of you once a week. So if anyone wants to take him off my hands, please (laughs) get in touch. At Dinosaur Man 15. um, Joaquin Phoenix won for his portrayal of Arthur Fleck, brackets Joker from Joker. Um... You are looking at your hand i got as if... blood on my hand
0: I don't know where it's from Okay Look Can you see it? Okay Carry on
1: Are we sure it's blood?
0: I think I'm dying I think it's blood drill
1: <laughs> I mean this is great listening And I'm not going to edit it <laughs> This is going to be the second week in a row that people get infuriated with the podcast. But this time, the mics haven't broken yet.
0: Okay. Um, it's, it's gone.
1: Do you want to just move on from this? No, no, clearly you're not c- focused. Carry,
0: carry, carry on. Talk to me in the Golden Globes.
1: Uh, it's fine. It, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, Look, the Oscar nominations are released next week anyway.
0: So Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. Yep. Yeah. And I always said, you know, there's a good performance in Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really like the material and stuff. But I also look at marriage story and go, like, Adam Driver smashes that out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> like he really does. And I'm like, how did he not win?
1: Mm. Because he won't win. He should though, shouldn't he? Because this is Joker's year. <laughs> Society has voted.
0: So how much of the ones that are nominated and won do you think will be in the... I think there'll be some the crossover awards. in terms
1: of... like, I, I think score is probably going to be Joker. Um,
0: Although, I've heard better.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not. But no. at the same time, I think that will be the case. I don't see anything troubling it at the moment.
0: Did she win for Chernobyl, or do they do a score for TV series award?
1: No, because the Chernobyl score is really good. Um, Chernobyl. I don't think they do no. a score award for TV stuff. No, sorry.
0: No, it's a shame because like that score is like fantastic.
1: Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see. I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of the is probably the front runner potentially at the moment for best picture at the Oscars. Really? Uh, yeah, like there is still a lot of goodwill towards that film within Hollywood um maybe because it is a hollywood story Mm -hmm. that might vote uh, that might play into certain people's
0: hands uh
1: no but la la land you know i don't this is the thing is that la la land is the once upon a time of hollywood in hollywood of that year i don't think it was the best film that year and yet it may well be announced as the winner this time without a joke at the end um So I think that Joaquin Phoenix will win Best Actor. Mm -hmm. I think Renee Zellweger will probably win Best Actress, and I think potentially Sam Mendes may well win Best Director as well. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I really don't know. Mm -hmm. Who knows?
0: So when do they get announced? Like the Oscar noms Uh,
1: tomorrow, Monday. Good lord, Monday the thirteenth. So that will be yeah, that will be announced. We'll talk about that next week. And also, guys,
0: I know what you're thinking. The Morbius trailer does come out tomorrow, mm-hmm. yeah. And we, true. So we did go to air too early, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll cover them all Like, yes, we'll talk Oscar. It'll be all news be by the
1: time we cover it, but all Morbius people will stu- it'll all will still be in the conversation. There are rumors, by the way, that Morbius is going to be in the MCU setup, yes. so that will be interesting. Um, Let's move on. Uh, other news that dropped this week. Um, so the BAFTA nominations were criticised for being overwhelmingly white. Um, mm-hmm. Welcome to this year. Well, the um, is,
0: Oscars had that moment, now it's the BAFTAs' turn.
1: Yeah, and I have a feeling that it may well return to be that Oscars also maybe only nominate <laughs> white performances this year. I think. I I don't know. Maybe. Cynthia Revo for Harriet, but other than that, I can't really think of.
0: Should be Lupita Nyongo for us. We yeah, but know, it won't be. We all know that's the case. We'll still
1: bang that drum. Let's not be stupid now. Um, so, moving on. Scott Derrickson has left um, Doctor Strange 2 in the Mountains of Madness, or whatever it's called. Um, what in do they the call multiverse it? Multiverse of Madness. In the Multiverse of Madness. This is due to creative differences. Um, so, Marvel and I have mutually agreed to part ways on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences. I'm thankful for our collaboration will remain on as EP. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the tweet he sent out uh, on the 10th. So, this is not necessarily too surprising, judging from the recent comments from Kevin Feige saying that he wanted it not to be a very scary film or yeah. horror elements. Despite them previously it's saying that was the direction they wanted to take it? it in.
0: Because they started out being like, oh, this is going to be like the first horror movie in the MCU. And I was like, oh, cool. I would like to see that. And everyone was like, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, like, it's a different. It's like, no, you've got Scott Derrickson. So you've got somebody who could do that. And then they went, oh, yeah, no, no. I don't know who said that stuff about that being a horror movie. It's definitely not. And then all mm. of a sudden, like he's gone. And you're like, yeah, they kind of, I think they wanted something. He's obviously gone, okay, then Well, this is what we'll do. Yeah. And they've gone, mm, yeah, we can't do that.
1: The thing is, it was always an interesting fit because I think the first one was very generic and sort of down the middle of the road uh, for the majority of the film. There wasn't too much that lent to Scott Derrickson's ability to direct horror. Um, and previous credits include Exorcism of Emily Rose and Sinister. Mm-hmm. Um both of which have got their moments. I think Sinister is a pretty good film for ninety percent of it, and then there's ten percent that's just really silly. <laughs> um but it never felt like the first one lent into that stuff. And mm-hmm. then when they sort of announced that maybe this one was going to go that way, then that kind of felt like, oh okay, so you've justified why you've retained him yeah. and why he stayed on. And now he's decided, you know what, if I'm not going to be able to make the film I want to make here, then that's that. And, and it's not often that you get these directors leaving Marvel projects during the process.
0: No, and it has happened before. Like, you're talking Edgar Wright and man and the thing about and Scott Derrickson. Patty Durickson, Jenkins, yeah. Well, Scott Derrickson very much to Amanda said, um, oh, I." he got the Doctor Strange gig because he went in and apparently had, like, a whole storyboard and a model built out and he knew everything about what he wanted to do. Mm. He knew about that character. Now, the interesting thing is that character has then blossomed. So that first one is seen is quite, you know, a fairly. I think it's a fairly average movie. I think it has some really nice moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that character has blossomed since then, especially across like the um, Infinity War Endgame, that like, he has a really integral part. And I think a lot more people went, oh, I really like this character now. Now we've seen what he can be. So then they're going to go, okay, well, now he's kind of a, a central point to this universe yeah. um, and with him being more important can you take such a risk with that character and I think you should mm. and I think you should take that risk but at the same time we have to remember that Marvel is a money machine
1: yeah and the idea of them diversifying what they're doing with their properties I think they are still very tentative about diversifying mm. too much because they know what works really well for them is the formula that's worked so far and if they want to start taking departures away from that, then they could potentially do it, but maybe with uh, with more of a idea of keeping it within the same framework, but then just sort of adding in elements that might differ slightly. Yeah. And I think Black Widow may well be... I don't know. I, like Black Widow's I don't got a trailer really doesn't is. do anything for me, but I it, it feels generic enough to be any placeholder Marvel mm-hmm. film. But I do wonder whether there is going to be any element that we haven't particularly seen before, or a theme or a an approach that that yeah. does feel like it's oh radically different from what we've seen. But As I said
0: don't know. Eternals is the one that interests me the most coming up. Um, but what's interesting is as well is the most horror elements we've had in the Marvel universe really is in far from home. Yeah. When Mysterio's vision, um, there's, there's some horror elements in there and I wonder whether they kind of use that to gauge whether people would be on board with it. And if they did, that was great. Yeah. And I'd love to see more of that kind of stuff. Um, and it kind of upsets me because I'm like, oh, Derrickson really loved this property. Like, he loves this character. Mm. And there's some really, really cool stuff you could do with Doctor Strange. So I just hope that they find somebody who's... What I'd like is somebody who's got a lot of a visual style. That make, that's yeah. Of kind of yeah sense I of.
1: think the interesting thing will now be, yeah, who do they get in to replace him? But, Where, what kind of direction do they continue going in? And whether they get someone who has got a visual flair,
0: like they bring, like think about when they brought in what's his name to do Ant Man, Peyton Reed. Like Peyton Reed knew what he wanted to do, but mm-hmm. like then they, I think he was there just to kind of, yeah, like you'll direct the, ship, you're direct the film that we want yeah. you to direct. I want somebody more like an Edgar Wright for this now, like not, not Edgar Wright specifically mm. because obviously I don't think he'll go back, but somebody who will basically go okay. Let's just mess about with the visuals. Let's go crazy. Let's make yeah. this look something that we haven't seen before. Yeah. We've got so much to play with. There's so much in that toolbox. That's the kind of Steve Ditko art style as well. Like that kind of really kind of mind mending stuff. Let's play with it. Let's really kind of like I said, mess around with the toolbox and see mm. what we can do. That's what I want. But I think we're probably gonna get just somebody who's Yeah, I think you can get a hired
1: hand, I think you can get a Joe Johnston type who's going to come in, direct the film that Marvel want, and then get out. Or maybe commit to a sequel because they've steadied the ship and it makes $900 million and then that's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talking about movies that made nearly $900 million, Venom. Um, Venom. 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 So Ruben Fleischer, who directed Venom and Zombieland and Zombieland Double Tap, uh, Mm -hmm. has been approached by Sony to direct Uncharted after... um, Who was it who just left?
0: The old Bumblebee guy.
1: Yes, uh, Travis Knight. So this this news is not necessarily surprising because Sony have approached him and he's directed three films for Sony that yeah. have done. I mean, two of them did relatively well, and then one of them was Zombieland Double Tap, and <laughs> that's fine. Um, I genuinely forgot Zombieland Double Tap came out last year. Bad movie. Um,
0: and I remembered it like I think I woke up in the middle of the night the other night, and I just woke up and I went, "Oh God, that was a film," mm. and then went back to sleep.
1: Uh, so this this film is not going to come out this year. I think no. we can all establish that now after the departure of Travis Knight. Um, Reuben Fleischer is an interesting d- choice for director because I don't know what they want from this film. Yeah, and clearly they are just approaching anyone who has a good working relationship with Sony <laughs> at the moment. Um, so
0: another hired hand, basically. So yeah. yeah. Although
1: Reuben Fleischer does have, I think he has a voice. But I don't understand if that's the voice they want for this film or not. Mm -hmm. And if it is, then maybe great. If it isn't, then maybe not great. I don't know. I mean, he's doing Venom 2, so, you know.
0: I thought Circus was doing Venom 2.
1: Ah, yes, sorry. Circus is, yes. Fleischer dropped out for... What reasons?
0: Probably Uncharted.
1: He knew already that Travis Knight was going to (laughs) get the boot. Um... Yeah, so that's that. I mean, this film, this film is the gambit of this year. Hey, the New Mutants trailer dropped. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah did, I, I, we did we talk about together. this last week or I, no? Because no, because was... it came out on Monday as well. Um, yeah, okay, so that film is coming out. And apparently it's still the same... It's still the same film like, that they made in 2017. Did we talk
0: about this? Apparently they didn't do did any bo- reshoots. Yeah, the, the, the
1: reshoots that they went to do never got done, mm. and therefore this is the film, maybe it's slightly recut, but is the film that they had two years ago when they were initially going to release it. It's going to be a hot mess. I can't wait. Uh, final bit of news. Talking of hot
0: messes, um, just a quick one. Uh, Doolittle released in Korea uh-huh. and is the number one movie over there. So, guys, remember the plan to make Doolittle number one movie in every state and territory mm. is still on the move.
1: They did get side to uh, uh, dub um,
0: <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Robert
1: Downey Jr.'s lines. Yeah, I've, um, I've loved
0: following him during the press tour on um, on this though. Like on Instagram, like mm. just watch Robert Downey. Jr. He seems to be having the most fun. Like it genuinely seems like this is like his passion project.
1: Well. You know what people's passions are strange and interesting. Uh Timothy Chalamet is in talks to play Bob Dylan in a Bob Dylan biopic that will be directed by James Mangold, mm-hmm. uh who just came off the back of Lemon 66. Um and who is no stranger to music biopics um in that he's already done Walk the Line. Mm-hmm. Um Timothy Chalamet does have the look of a young Bob Dylan to him, so that kind of works uh, fairly well. Um, My brother messaged me about this one and said, Mm. oh, um, I saw a tweet by the uh, actor and playwright Luke Barnes saying, uh, what does it take for me to get my Leonard Cohen biopic off the ground? And the problem there is is that there is a limited audience for a Leonard (laughs) Cohen biopic, but if anyone's going to play him, it's someone I'm going to be talking about later on today who I think could actually do a really exceptional job of that potentially, but I don't think it's ever going to get it happen. Um, but yeah, you know, James Mangold's a director who I knows like what he wants to do. Um, you know, I didn't like *Lemon 66, but I can appreciate that he, he definitely had his own idea of what it was to be. And, pretty much every single one of his films is a Western of some type. And I would, you know, I wonder about sort of telling this sort of story about a great American songwriter and sort of whether he's going to make that something that he can meld into a James (laughs) Mangold style film. But uh...
0: And I really like Timothy Chalamet. I think he's a great, he's a great young actor. And pretty much every time I see him, I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Like he's very, He's, he's got a lot of projects that I see as like a Charlemagne Chalamet um, project as well where like he's not yeah. doing your blockbusters and stuff like that he's doing what kind of what he wants to do but he's also very but he's different.
1: also managing to do very high profile things of what mm. he wants to do yeah like, yeah like Little Women Little is, Women is, is a very high profile studio movie
0: exactly but it's not a blockbuster movie no right? but it's it seems very right that he's but doing June it but June
1: is I would say
0: yes well that's the interesting one isn't it like mm um but yeah i really like him as an actor i think he's a really good performer which just goes back to obviously why certain films that he's been in that haven't come out haven't done that well mm. um or he, it didn't really hit for me that really annoys because i'm like but i really like you and i just want yeah. you to be great in everything
1: um should we just get on to reviews yeah okay
0: um there's nothing for Dodd want your future
1: there isn't. No, if you don't no. think uh, you've got an episode of oh, uh, The Witcher. Oh,
0: remember, like two weeks ago, I said I don't know what the hell is going on in The Witcher, mm-hmm. um, and I went on that whole kind of spiel about how there's time jumps and things yeah. like that, and I don't really understand. I get it all now; it all makes sense. Okay, um, was it you being stupid, no, it's the or was the it the series is stupid?
1: Oh, okay. Basically, um, shots fired.
0: Well, no, the thing is, it's really like The Witcher is really good. I'm yeah. really enjoying it. Um, I'm still really liking Henry Cavill's performance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and there's a little bard character who I really like as well. But basically, what happened is apparently there was a time jump of like between six months to two years in there, mm-hmm. but only for certain characters. Other ones who had already jumped forward in time. On, um, but now they're all in the same place. Sounds well, exhausting. It never really explained that until somebody went. Oh, I've not seen you for what is it? Six months? Mm-hmm. Two years? And I go. That would explain it. Okay. That would explain why literally that all happened and this person is now infinitely more powerful than the last time I saw
1: them. But other than that, all good?
0: Other than that, I really enjoyed it. Like Like I said, there's been some really good episodes in it as well. And there's a song in the fourth episode, I think it is, or very mm-hmm. early on, that's sung by the Bard, um, which is like the, the Witcher song, which mm-hmm. um, keeps getting stuck in my head. Um, is it
1: Season of the Witch? Uh. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Toss a coin to your Witcher or whatever. Yeah, that's um, the, that's the song. I know about that from memes. <laughs> I don't really understand it. You
0: know that they toss coins to the witches, and he says "fuck a lot." Wow,
1: there's two I'm So sorry, I didn't know he was going to say that. I, I, coins. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have started that that whole thing off. I'm sorry. I'll I'll address this off podcast with him. Don't worry. Bombshell. What? But I
0: just said that. <laughs>
1: You are one of the worst people in the world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're talking reviews then, yeah? Yeah,
1: so moving on to reviews. Bombshell is uh, the new film uh, directed by Jay Roach, um, based on the sort of downfall of Roger Ailes at Fox News Mm -hmm. um, that was brought about by revelations about sexual harassment within the workplace. Um, A fairly high-profile release, uh, getting a lot of awards buzz, um, and particularly for its central performances from Charlize Theron, uh, Nicole Kidman, and Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially it's a story told from several different perspectives of people working at Fox News in high-profile or low-profile jobs um, and their decision to go public with these, um, these allegations that were then proved to be true Mm -hmm. and uh their fight against the um sort of toxic work environment that they were exposed to um so it's a it's a film that probably lends a lot of borrows a lot from things like the big short and vice Mm -hmm. um the adam mckay films of, of recent times in that you can tell that that's sort of the style that they, I think they must've seen big short and gone, right. Well, this is sort of the style we want to go for here as a studio. And can you come in and do this for us? Jay Roach. And he went, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, and I think therein lies. The problem is that it feels like it's a film for me, which is style over substance for, for a good portion of it, Mm -hmm. at least, um that's not to take away from the performances, which I think are very, uh, very accomplished. Uh, I think, interestingly, the storyline that is the most important and probably the most sort of layered is Gretchen Carlson's um, story. And she's played by Nicole Kidman in this. And she's given fairly short shrift in this film. It, yeah. it feels like not enough attention is paid to that or it's not explored in the right way. And instead it reverts back to Megan Kelly played by Charlize Theron. And I I kind of felt like you're neglecting the more important story and the the, the catalyst for everything mm-hmm. in favor of exploring stuff that isn't actually as informative. Okay. And that's the that's the problem for me, is that it's it's a fairly sensationalist in terms of the way it's trading off on, on the the actual story. And it never cuts deeper than that for me. It it stays relatively... I've got difficulties with a film that portrays the Murdochs as being (laughs) relatively good guys in the grand scheme of things. I mean they're not portrayed as being knights in shining armor as it were but they are portrayed as being sort of the ones who bring about a great change and are the saviors of you know by removing Roger Ailes Mm -hmm. are the ones who and and you kind of go but it's the Murdochs (laughs) and I've got I've got, like, a serious disconnect here between what I know to be true about them and what you're telling me is potentially the way this all goes down.
0: As we know, though, the Murdochs do audio swipe for their name in any podcast, so we must say these are views of Alex and only Alex.
1: I'm talking about the character from Gorillas, Okay. Murdoch. <laughs> um, so, so stuff like that kind of... It, it, I appreciate why it's there, because... Yeah. Your enemy in this is supposed to be Roger Ailes and to an extent the Murdochs, but they are painted in a relatively sympathetic light. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that kind of gets to me because, like, I, but you're, it feels like you're sort of tossing aside the more important story about how this was allowed to happen in the workplace to the extent that it did. Yeah. And also the potential that actually the change at the top, but not the very top, hasn't actually changed anything necessarily. And there are still, so, you know,
0: does it seem like it's lacking bite?
1: It, it feels like it doesn't cut deep enough into the issue to to justify its existence. Yeah. And so there was a limited series last year called "The Loudest Voice," uh, which starred Russell Crowe yes. and Sienna Miller, which got rave reviews, and a lot of people have said if you want a more in depth and a more and to be to, you know to be honest, if you're going if you're going you know, comparing a limited series to a movie, then there's a good chance that limited series is going to delve a bit deeper and touch that you've got maybe an extra hour and a half to delve into that. But, if that is the case, if it is a better portrayal of that, then it's it's that thing of kind of being like, well, I don't know why this exists, because it doesn't actually fulfill too much of a role. I think it's good that the story's out there. I mean, the thing is, this is a very public story that everyone Mm -hmm. knew about, but you know, it's the first time it's been portrayed on the big screen. And yet I find that it didn't do enough to justify its own existence. Yeah. And as good as the performances are, and I think, you know, Charlize Theron is transformative, but, you know, you could it's just Charlize Theron with prosthetics on and mm-hmm. doing a very good Megyn Kelly impersonation. Nicole Kidman, I think, has the trickiest of the three roles and manages to achieve what I wanted from that but is given the least screen time in terms of her her actual impact on it. So, yeah. And and then uh, Margot Robbie sort of plays a composite character who's meant to represent a bunch of different women who all sort of existed within that workplace. And the problem with that is you then ask that character to do too much because you're having to fulfil the role of multiple people. multiple people. And it feels like it's almost, it's almost stretching her too thin in terms of, and then she's off doing this, and then she's off doing and that kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. You can, I, I can tell that she's a composite character, basically, because I'm just going. I don't know how much of all. this fits into your character, or how much of this has just been put in because you need to do a couple of different things here. Um, you know, uh, it's for me, it's a that or do pig because it's not, it's not a bad film by got any got you extent. again, guys. Um, it's it's competently put together. I think, I, I think the structure of it is sometimes a little annoying. Um, but I would say that the performances are good enough. Uh, John Lithgow plays Roger Ailes and is, you know, a fairly convincing Roger Ailes as well. And he's a creep and you don't like him. Um, <laughs> but it does feel like despite the strength of its performances, it's a film that never really gets going. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a film that's talking about such an important subject matter I would like it to do more with that yeah uh, so yeah that'll do pig it's out next Friday uh, this coming Friday so those the guys
0: UK. who you know know how like you have the year of, year of the animals in the Chinese calendars yes um, the year of the that'll do pig for the dinosaur man calendar
1: absolutely yeah um, now what do you want to do next should we do 1917 or do you want to do that last
0: it's up to you I'm going to let you.
1: Okay, I'll go on to Uncut Gems then. Uh, Uncut Gems is the new film from the Safdie brothers, um, starring Adam Sandler. Um, This is the story of a... How to describe him? I think he thinks he's charismatic. Yeah. Whether he is or he isn't remains to be decided, I think. Uh, But on face level, he's a charismatic sort of... um, Uh, jeweler in Mm -hmm. the diamond district of New York who owes a lot of money to a lot of different people is well past his heyday he sort of came up he came to prominence in the early part of the century um and his signature product that he actually made as a jeweler was um diamond encrusted furbies essentially um and you know that's kind of a fun way to sort of set this up it's a it's Weirdly speaking, it's it's actually a period piece because it's set in 2012 specifically, mm. and a lot of the a lot of the action revolves around uh, the 2012 NBA season. Um, so it's a story of a man who sort of owes a lot of money, is well past his sell by date in terms of you know in terms of his usefulness mm. as it would seem, and yet still seems to have a very high opinion of himself. And you wonder how much of that is justified. And how often that's going to get him into trouble and yeah. hot water. Um, so what I'll say about the film is this. I think as it's a, it is essentially a crime thriller. And I think what's really interesting about it is it's a film that allows Adam Sandler to be what he can be at his best. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's my favourite Adam Sandler performance I've ever seen because he is so... He is so engrossing as this character and he's, he's so believable and feels like he's just living within this character in a way that it, the character himself I think is meant to be charming yeah. to certain people. I've certainly seen the Safdies talk about him being a charming guy and you know you want to root for him and you want him to do well and you want him to come out on top. I didn't. I hated him. I thought he was awful. And yet, I think it's one of the best performances I've seen in a long time because it's a fully engaging performance where you hate being around him. And every time he makes a bad decision that you know is going to wind up in him owing more (laughs) money to someone or is going to result in him not being able to do the thing he wants to do, it gets you to the point where you're just going, stop it. (laughs) <laughs> just stop it now you don't need to do that and i'm sitting there for the, you know it's a 2 hours and 15 minutes and it's it's induced this sort of anxiety within me where i'm just going every second that you are on screen i am screaming at you in my head not to do the things you're doing and that is Full credit to the Safdies for being able to tap into a quality that I think Adam Sandler probably has in all of his yeah. roles, which is to be immensely unlikable. <laughs> and yet he's he's so good in this film. And I think it's a phenomenal performance. I think it is, yeah. you know, one of the best I've seen in a long, long time. And he is, he is just a fully 3D character in a way that you often don't get that. Even in the smaller films, you Mm. don't get this level of believability. Um, The the action itself essentially follows his big ploy of... There's um, an opal that he has um, imported from Ethiopia, and he's putting all of his eggs in this basket and Mm. saying this is going to be the thing that makes it for him. He's going to make money off this like you wouldn't believe... And all of his fortunes are tied up in this one opal. And then things start unraveling (laughs) from there. The film is really interestingly paced because it's a film that it has breaks in it. And when those breaks come, they are relief. Because other than the sort of breaks within the family life that you cut back to, it feels like it is just ramping and ramping and ramping up to being a payoff that you just go I don't know how you're going to deliver on this because you're going so fast into this world
0: yeah and you
1: you don't slow down until you hit these bits where he's with his family and it stops
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: feels like okay maybe for for this brief moment none of the other <laughs> stuff matters anymore and then the scene stops and then you're back into it, and he is going 100 miles an hour, and you're just going, This can't keep this pace up, surely. Yeah. But it does. And for two hours and 15 minutes, you are a nervous wreck in the audience. <laughs> I love this film. I think it is, I mean, I know it's early in the year, but I know, you know, it's eligible from last year in the US.
0: Just getting my bingo card out. Uh,
1: you wait for the end of the review. Uh,. <laughs> It's eligible for awards uh, because it was released in the US last year. Um, It is... I mean, if he doesn't get a nomination for Best Actor for this role, there is something seriously wrong because this is an incredible performance. And this is the kind of thing that I really want to see him doing. And Mm -hmm. like I was saying earlier with the Leonard Cohen thing, if anyone's going to play Leonard Cohen, I want it to be Adam Sandler now. I want to see if he can take that on. He's got the physical resemblance, sort of, and I, I just want to see him take on something like that as well. But this proves that he can be that. So I don't want to have to put up with Grown Ups 3. I don't want to have yeah. to put up with the unending Netflix specials of him with his friends doing his thing. And I appreciate it. He must love that stuff because it's free holidays with it his pays friends. pays him a lot. And pays him so much. And this, this film hasn't paid him that much. But... Fucking hell, he's great in this film. And the Safdies have managed to get a performance out of him that I didn't know he was necessarily capable of. It's it's up there. It's better than Punch Drunk Love in terms of a performance level for me. And I love him in Punch Drunk Love. I think he's great in that film. This is rungs and rungs ahead of him on that ladder. Mm -hmm. And I just can't believe that we might be in a position where this doesn't get him a nomination for Best Actor. (laughs) Because I think it is the performance of the year for me. Yeah. And, and for me, I know that, you know, it's it's January the 12th as I, speak, as I speak now, but this is a film of the year contender. Absolutely. And I will be surprised if much manages to beat it this year, mm-hmm. because this film just, it it got me in a way that it left me exhausted. And a film that can affect me physically... <laughs> It's the same thing I had with Monos last year. Yeah. I was so overwhelmed with that film that I needed time to process it. This is exactly the same setup. I just don't, like, I don't understand what I saw necessarily. But I know that it exhausted me to the point where I'm just like, this is it. I am, I am exhausted. I, I haven't got anything left to give on an emotional level.
0: Does it pay off? Cause obviously, you say it's building up to something, and you're like, "How will you pay this off?" So the, cli- does it, the does climax, it
1: the climax of the film is perfect.
0: Yeah, cool.
1: And I got, I came out of the cinema and I went, "That is the only way I wanted. I that I can imagine. Like, it's not an ending that I expected necessarily.
0: Yeah,
1: but it's the ending it that the that the film needed." Um, so it's a co-production between A24 and Netflix. So it's been out in the States on uh, in the cinemas. Uh, it's got a very limited release here in the cinemas. So you won't find it in the national chains as far as I know, but you will find it in your local independent mm-hmm. places. Uh, a great story for this one was that I went to the screening at sort of three o'clock in the afternoon. Packed house. I mean, it's yeah. you know, 60, 70 people, but still, it's great to see independent cinemas filling their filling their auditoriums for this film um it'll be on netflix as of the 31st of january so mm-hmm. if you do want to catch it and you don't have somewhere near you showing it then go and see it there but if you can see it on screen uh, on the big screen i would recommend it the soundtrack is amazing the, the score is just phenomenal and there are some very safty brothers sort of uh, experiential moments in terms of cinematography i think there is you actually go through a an opal yes and you go through it and into a colonoscopy nice at the other end and it's something that you don't expect to see and yet they managed to do it in a way that feels <laughs> completely natural that that's the way that that would have developed into that um, and it's just wonderful, I think it's so, a terrific film.
0: is that a recommend?
1: That'll do pig.
0: Yeah, that'll do pig, no, continue. Uh,
1: so, yeah, uh, it's an absolute would recommend. If you can see it, do. If you can't see it, it will be out on the 31st, so you haven't got too long to wait now.
0: And everyone's got Netflix, so it's fine.
1: Well, I think the majority of people... If you haven't, then I'm hoping you've got an independent cinema <laughs> near you, basically.
0: Or a family member with Netflix you can just steal, so it's Yeah,
1: fine. absolutely, yeah. Um... Finally then.
0: Yes, shall we move on to 1917? Yeah,
1: so 1917 is the uh, new release from Sam Mendes uh, that is out just came out this weekend Uh, and another one that is getting award recognition as we said, it won Best uh, Drama at the Golden Globes Um, it will be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards, I've got absolutely no doubt in my mind about that and due to its sort of one take in inverted commas yeah, style.
0: It's not, it's not one take.
1: No, uh, but in in its inverted commas one take. Yes. style. It will get Roger Deakins probably his second Oscar. I mean, after all these years of all these years of trying to get two within three years of each other, it's not bad. You know, it's a hot streak for him.
0: <laughs> so, 1917 is a story of. So, it's also in World War One, mm-hmm. um, and it's about two basically post boys um, who are tasked with taking a message. Across, basically, across no man's land um, to another battalion who are going to go and attack, but are basically walking into a trap. Yeah. Um, and they've got a time limit; they've got to get there before a certain time. Well, yeah, before morning. the
1: attack start uh, is due to start otherwise, because otherwise, sixteen hundred yeah. men will lose their lives in what is guaranteed as uh, as Colin First says to be a massacre.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, we follow two of these guys. The two guys trying to get there, yeah, and kind of taking the trials and tribulations to get to this other camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I was blown away by it. I thought it was phenomenal. Like I mm-hmm. genuinely love this film. I think it's, I think the one shot nature of it makes it seem like you're living out in the day with them. Yeah, um, like you seem like you're almost. I, I said to you afterwards, I'm really interested in why they decided to do that, and you said mm-hmm. obviously it's to
1: do with. So Sam Mendes wrote this story, uh, wrote this script based on a story that he'd been told by his grandfather um, about a message needing to be transmitted between here and there, mm-hmm. and it had to be done by physical um, message yeah. rather than over the phone or anything like that. Um, and I think, uh, so it seemed like the way he wanted to do this was to make it feel like you are being told the story rather than, you know, mm-hmm. jumping back in at certain points and jumping back out. Because it's
0: easy places to cut it as well. Like when you're watching it, you're like, oh, you could put, you, mm-hmm. a normal film would have put a cut here, but you instead, you kind of see it. And so you kind of see like the exertion of them, like moving things yeah. and stuff like that. Like you you feel like you're part of it. Um, and the way it follows, I think, some of the cinematography in this is incredible, mm-hmm. um just kind of like from a purely technical sense of going how you filmed that, like just kind of canvas following people through trenches, and you've got people kind of wandering in and out like the way it's done technically is magic, yeah, like it genuinely is um and then when you add on to that kind of the performance element, like people are having to kind of go for long takes. Mm-hmm. like especially with two leads a long takes of just not getting anything wrong mm-hmm. um and apparently like so i was reading something about um or sort of headline saying like andrew scott mm-hmm. is in this film for what four minutes yeah um brilliant like he's brilliant in it um but apparently he messed up the most of anybody in this mm-hmm. film but they kind of went oh we're gonna have to use it because that's the best takes we got yeah um but i do think his performance is fantastic yeah um You know, you've got a lot of these big actors who just turn up for, like, two or three minutes and then Mm -hmm. disappear. Like, Rafe Spall's in it, and I don't think he says a line. Is he? He, He's in the back of that truck. I'm sure he is. Like, I'm I'm pretty certain it's Rafe Spall. Um, But, yeah, a lot of people just kind of turning up and, like, really kind of, really kind of emotional baggage to the story as well. Yeah. Like it all means something and you genuinely feel like you need these people to succeed. Yeah. Um, I think it has one of my favorite visual shots in a very long time, which um, you have seen the film that when, it, when it's night, let's say there is a, there is a visual style to that section. Yes. Which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like I
1: was, yeah walking through the town.
0: Yes. Yeah, and I was blown away by it. like it just looks so nice. And mm-hmm. um, the score is beautiful. The I think the sound kind of design is brilliant. Like there's mm-hmm. there's times I saw us both jump because <laughs> like, yeah. you just yeah, take, like a gunshot.
1: It's it's not afraid to try and detail war in a not I'm not going to say it's realistic in terms of the sound design necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's more realistic than you would get in a lot of war films, I think. You know, yeah. it's not it's not like something like, say, Free Fire, where every gunshot actually takes a physical toll on your hearing. <laughs> but it is something that feels like the gunshots are very visceral. They are real. They are there and, and present. Um, so, uh, you know, the attention to detail is incredible. I think.
0: Yeah, I think there's a wonderful performance at the heart by George MacKay, isn't it? Yeah. Um, who I was just. Kind of, I it took me a while by a while, I mean like five or so minutes because it's just consistently him
1: and Dean Charge Chapman, yeah. Um,
0: because it's mainly those two, um, Mm. it's it's hard because you have to focus fully on them Mm. like the entire time, there's no real break from them, you're always watching them, yeah. And it took me a couple of minutes to kind of get into them, but as soon as I kind of got it, yeah, it had its hooks in me, and I just genuinely just wanted. Everything they do to succeed, and I think George Mackay mm. especially, kind of, is wonderful. Like yeah. everything he does, made me go, "No, oh, oh, like he this. he wears
1: the he wears the toll of war hmm. on him throughout, and you know from the start, it's not like he starts out fresh faced or anything no. like that. You can see that the toll the war has taken on him is great, and then only gets greater during the course of this journey." Um, the film's
0: very good at showing that side of things though like you know yeah it's not you know nobody needs to tell you anymore that world war one or world war two were not pretty times mm-hmm. like for those people who were there it was not a great experience mm-hmm. um but this film does a very good job of going yeah we're aware of that and we're not going to shy away from the mm-hmm. fact that you know
1: but also it it does paint some some elements of it as being more optimistic of victory than a lot of other films do mm-hmm. which i think also speaks to to the reality where a lot of people went over there thinking it's going to be a doddle we're going yeah. to beat them of course we are and there are some characters in this who seem very sure of that fact and seems seems sort mm-hmm. of like you know this is absolutely what we're going to do and we're going to do this because this is what we're here to do and it's it's a film that i think has those opposing opinions that clearly existed in reality because otherwise you know how else are you going to get millions of people to commit Mm. to fighting in that
0: war it fleshes out an idea that these are real people as well um and like I i think it just does really well like this film it swells and it moves and it's it's moving i think there's a point where i basically almost broke and it's purely because I I was there just like I need these characters to succeed. I yeah. need I need them to. Like it is important in my life now, that these characters succeed. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the scene I'm talking about like has some of the most incredible organization and incredible cinematography mixed with yeah. this amazing score that just kind of absolutely bellows at the same time. Um and I was just like how have you pulled this together? Mm. Like after all that you've shown me to so far, and I know that this must be kind of like this is the point where you go, this is our money shot. Like this is the one we go, okay, this is your big moment. And if you messed it up, like mm-hmm. you've ruined so much before, but you nail it like yeah. so hard, like
1: it's a film that continues to top itself hmm so once it does a very incredible thing you go well that's incredible and then five minutes later you're into another really incredible sequence and you go oh okay great and then it just keeps on ramping up to Mm -hmm. the point where you go oh it's just it is a two-hour film that is constantly building upon its successes in terms of what it's able to do on a technical level and at the heart of it there is a story that is ultimately very believable um carried by a really terrific central performance i think yeah. um but additionally it's a film you know it's a film that feels and i think it's due to the fact that it takes place over a you know almost real time that it feels like a greek odyssey Mm-hmm. It feels like, you know, you have characters who come in fleetingly and then leave fleetingly, but it feels yeah. very much like, an you know, Homer's Odyssey in that way, in terms of, you know, you have your central characters and then you have the people who come in to help them out or who, who come in to hinder their progress yeah, yeah. and then, you know, drop in and out. And that kind of thing, I think, to to be able to pull off something that feels, you know, slightly akin to Oh Brother Where Art Thou in terms of the the Odyssey setup of it. But to to take that and transpose it into this environment of a sort of hellish warscape, it really, I, I think it, it pulls off something that I thought was going to be very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. I think it had the right people at the helm. I think, you know, Roger Deakins is a cinematographer who knows exactly how to... Create something that feels tangible yeah. and um and real, and I think Sam Mendes is someone who fundamentally understands human stories and understands how to tell those. Mm. And he's done a terrific job here. And like I say, I think he's got a very good shout for best director just yes. based on this. Um, but you know, if Roger Deakins doesn't win for cinematography, I'll be surprised. Like it's just um, phenomenal.
0: Like the way you see it and the way it works. And as soon as you, so every so often, what would happen is, like I went in going, okay, I know this is a bunch of singular shots. Like I knew it wasn't one full shot the whole way through, but I knew that they were long length. Like I think there's like three.
1: It's the yeah, it's the um, well, it's the um, Birdman thing. Yeah, of making everything, making long shots appear even longer by clever cutting.
0: Mm-hmm. And I it looks like there's just three long shots in mm. this. Um, and what happened was every so often when I was watching it, like there'd just be a thing in my mind going, "Oh shit, this hasn't this hasn't stopped. Uh-huh. Like this hasn't stopped." Um, and it would then go, "Oh, okay," and then you'd forget about it again, and you'd go, "Hold on, there's still been nothing." And like when you think about like the technical side of the way this film works, mm-hmm. for that to then be matched by a film that I think has a lot of heart and a lot of hope to it, mm-hmm. um, but also a, a lot of you know grueling punishment at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had this with Uncut Gems where you kind of felt like it was hard to kind of keep up with the film. Mm. But I had that with this where there was moments where I was just like, I need I need something to kind of like slow down for a second right now.
1: There is a moment late on that is that moment. And I think it's a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think it serves the same purpose that those family scenes in Uncut Gems do where it almost dead stops the action. Yeah. And you go finally I can breathe and then straight back into it and you just go wow. we, we had our moment yeah we
0: had our moment um but yeah I absolutely adore it yeah I think would recommend
1: great. um it's you know it's out on a widespread basis now mm-hmm. go and see it we saw it in IMAX and I think you know it works see it on the biggest screen possible basically because it is a it's an overwhelming experience I think so you know I, I would say that for both yeah. Uh, uncut Gems and for 1917. See them on the biggest screen you can, because I think that will help your enjoyment of it. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, two wood recommends. Uh, that'll do, pig. Th- maybe the year's turning around.
0: Maybe Night. No
1: bad. Oh, no. Mm.
0: Queen uh, and Slim did Slim actually. already,
1: yeah. Mm. Oh, you ruined it all, didn't you, Queen yeah. and Slim? Um, but, hey, you know, Sonic's coming up, so... <laughs>
0: And remember, guys, Doolittle next month. Yeah. It's happening.
1: It's uh, it's going to be a good guys. one. Actually, I think it might be sooner than that. No, I think it is February, isn't it?
0: Who knows? I think, oh, yeah, because I think I said we're going to go for my birthday. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? I thought Doolittle
1: is also the same week that Sonic comes out. It's the 14th. It's the, uh, the Valentine's Day
0: thing. Love it. Love
1: it. Absolutely not going to see Great it. stuff. <laughs> Absolutely You've not. Got to do, do it for my birthday. Uh, okay, it's I'll really, see you a little few It's birthday. really important um, to me. So, as always, guys, you can find us on Facebook and on iTunes, on Twitter, Buzzsprout, Stitcher, Spotify, Instagram. All those places, Dinosaur Man, Nerdcast. No, idiot. Just Dinosaur Man. Thank you. Or Dinosaur Man podcast. Or Dinosaur Man podcast. Uh, except... Instagram and Twitter, we're at Dinosaur Man 15 uh, As always, Johnny Neves did the theme song. This time you could hear bullets whipping over your head Sorry. as you were listening to it because he recorded it in a war zone. Oh my God. So brave.
0: <laughs>
1: That's the commitment he shows to this podcast. He recorded a thing five years ago. Ten years no, ago? Yeah, it about ten, ten years, years ago. ago. Uh, and he doesn't know it's being used still. No, he must he know. He does, I told yeah. him. Okay, good. I don't He, he say, just doesn't know that the podcast said, would last this long. Say, hey, he was Joby, like, <laughs> that'll that? last two episodes. And you went, yeah, we'll see about I was that. Like, remember
0: that thing that we created at uni? Yeah, I want to use it as a theme
1: tune. Um,. As always, Andy, you've been the host. Thank you for doing so. And Alex, as always, you've been the second host. And hey, the mics have held out this week, so at least that's something we, we do apologise for last it. week. It sounded awful. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, that's the commitment we would show. We want you to know that those films last week were that'll do pigs.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us again, guys. And until next
1: time. Uh, just get excited for Sonic, guys. Yeah,
0: you know, you you tell them, Alex. You tell, yeah. them, you tell them that there's a really good Sonic movie coming out. You don't
1: really yeah, 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 yeah. Do a little 20. 2022 that's right the next Doolittle 2022 can't wait more talking giraffes Doolittle too little oh uh, hang on we made that joke last <laughs> week okay bye guys sorry we'll discuss this <laughs> off mic
0: oh